Hello, this is IP Stories by 4IP Council, a podcast about innovation and intellectual property. Join us and you will hear about the journeys through invention, creation, and IP understanding of our guests. This episode is part of a tech transfer special, a series of interviews to better understand the transfer of knowledge from research centers, universities, and laboratories to the industry and our lives. I'm Fernanda. And I'm Marta. And today we have invited to have a chat with us Miguel Silva Concendla. Miguel, it's so nice to have another Spaniard in the podcast. Um, thank you so much for coming. Could you start by telling us and our listeners a little bit about yourself and the journey that led you to where you are today? Excellent. Uh, thank you, Fernanda and Marta, to invite me. It's really great to be here. And um, well, um, as you say, I'm uh, from Spain and Galician, actually. Uh, and I born in Santiago de Compostela, the beautiful city of Santiago de Compostela. I studied physics there. I, I got my master's degree in physics. And I specialized myself in electronics and computer science. And later on, I specialized as well in artificial intelligence. I have been stuck to artificial intelligence since a long time ago. And I really love it. And it's something that has been running my life for the last 25 years. I'm as well the CEO and co-founder of Allread, that is a, a spin-off of the Computer Vision Center in Barcelona, the Universitat Autónoma de Barcelona, and actually has been a company and startup founded four years ago. And uh, what we do is a computer vision technology uh, that basically is uh, used by supply chains and uh, terminal operators around the world in order to uh, track, digitize several assets in supply chain. That's great. So you started with artificial intelligence way before it became a hype in the last few months, in the last year, I would say. Uh, at what point did you and your partners realize that you had developed a technology that was ready to be brought to the market? Could you tell us how Allred works? Okay, so it's a good question because actually when we transferred the technology, we were supposed to use this technology for something else. So basically this technology in the in the computer vision center was used basically for one company to digitize gas meters. So basically it was a kind of mobile app where any kind of operator working for a gas company or a water company can go around the, the meters in the in the buildings, in the office, and basically shoot a photograph and digitize automatically, you know, uh, you know, the, the consumption of gas or water. But we realized when we transferred the tech, this technology was even more, uh, even more solid and uh, uh, even got much better uh, opportunities in fast moving assets. When you go to a gas meter, it's stuck, it's there, you know, it's not moving. So this is quite easy to do today actually by several companies. But if you go to a train or a truck, moving a container, leaving a supply chain network, a, a seaport, etc., it's like thousands of trucks, thousands of, uh, of trains uh, coming and leaving the facilities. And they got so many numbers, so many codes and text that you need to digitize that actually we try and the technology was doing very good about tracking and digitizing all those assets. That's why we, sh we shift for this kind of application from utilities to supply chains and actually was a very good decision. It took us like one year to make this decision because technology, you know, sometimes needs time in order to make and create the, 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 the right opportunities and basically to make a good decision about your minimum viable product. 
I can imagine that it was uh, a, a complex decision. It's, it might change uh, a little bit of the business model that you had before and you had presented, uh, but it wor I'm glad it all uh, worked out. And I'm curious to know what is the role of artificial intelligence in your solution? What does it bring? Well, basically what we do is like deep learning. Deep learning is basically a sub part of the broader family of machine learning which makes use of uh, neural networks that are basically similar to the neurons working in our brain, right? So basically it's a software or a computer program used to mimic human brain-like behavior. Actually, our, our deep learning computer vision algorithms focus on information processing patterns to possibly identify the, the I mean, the patterns like what human brain does and classifies the information accordingly. So basically what we do is like a deep learning, we are a deep learning computer vision company who use huge databases, a lot of photographs, video images, etc., And basically we train our algorithms in order to spot, to digitize and to read all those container codes, plate numbers, dangerous goods codes. I mean, all this basic and valuable information that goes and come in a supply chain in any kind of warehousing, seaport, or intermodal logistic hub. It sounds very interesting, everything that you're explaining about the product, and I think it's really fascinating. Um, and I would like to go back to the time where you were um, developing this technology and how you built on this uh, technology that you were um, working on for five years, uh, I understand, when you were uh, researching at the Computer Vision Center of Catalonia. Um, and then when creating the company, what was your experience like during the technology transfer program? Yeah, yeah well, it's a good question because actually every single company or startup or spin-off needs, I think, something um, very basic, that is the right people. So uh, actually the technology is coming not from myself. I was part of the entrepreneur team. Uh, we, were, we are actually three main co-founders. And these co-founders specialize basically in one field, right? So the guy who is, uh, you know, kind of expert in deep learning, computer vision, etc., is Marcel Rossignol. That he was the one working in the computer vision center, who with an uh, internal team in the computer vision center, they were developing this technology for a long time. So basically, they got the opportunity to, okay, let's do something with this tech because we have a technology, not a product, right? So that's why the Collider, this program in the mobile work capital, what they do is basically put together a team, a team with experience in, in science and technologies, very disruptive technologies, and as, of course, bringing in a team with experience in building companies, creating like a business development programs, go-to-market, business-to-business kind of strategies. I mean, fundraising, without capital, you cannot do anything. So basically, these three co-founders, we specialize very much in all these three fields, technology, business development, and fundraising. That are the three basic pillars in order to launch a high-tech company in today. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the, the team is always at the center of everything. Um, and how important is collaboration with other institutions and universities for successful research and technology transfer? Well, that is a must. I mean, remember, 
I always say tech transfer in the beginning is tough. You know, you deal with universities, with public centers that, you know, they got public money as well. So it's normal they take care of this asset very much, right? Because you are transferring this asset to a private company. So this stuff, this uh, a process that takes several months with a lot of lawyers involved, a lot of people involved. You need to be very careful about your sign because it's going to be there forever for the next 10 years. So you need to listen all the you know pros and cons of what's going on, right? And you need to have a vision. Okay, this tech is good, but we have no product. So be careful in the first years because the first years you have no revenue, uh, no income in the company. So don't stick to payments or royalties in the first years. That was very tricky to negotiate, but I can say that the Computer Vision Center and the University Autonoma Barcelona was really good on that. They were tough in the beginning because it was a valuable asset they need to protect. But at the end, we got an understanding. And basically, you know, with a lot of lawyers involved, we were able to make an agreement, a tech transfer that basically is what we have in place today. But later is coming the second part of the tech transfer people as well. You need to transfer people. You need to transfer people from the computer vision center. You need to add people to the team. You need to raise money. And from there, you need as well pilots. You need to try your technology or your product in, in your clients. So it is, that is when it's coming, collaboration with private companies. And companies, they don't want technologies. They want products. So it's nice to have a pilot. Okay, it's working. Well, but whenever it's coming this software to the server of the company, you got issues about cybersecurity, compliance, working with another software system. That is where it's coming really the, the, the secret sauce of a software company. You need basically to make sure everything works. And a company is going to pay you a license for several years for a product, not for a technology. And a product needs to be solid, needs to be trustable. And basically, this is what takes a lot of time. It takes you two, three years to build a strong, basic, solid software product. That is what the companies and the clients are going to pay off. So this is the second part of the technology transfer. I call it a product transfer to clients. That is very tough. And it's very, very challenging. And it's actually two different issues, very complex. And probably someone got a huge experience in tech transfer, but not a huge experience in product transfer to private companies. That is what really makes a difference to be successful today, uh, bringing high tech to the market. There is something that you said that it's really, it's really interesting that uh, you had a technology, but not a product. And I wonder how important are intellectual property rights in this process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a good question because software companies, you know, are tricky to, to manage about IP because, you know, in the European Union, at least, uh, you can uh, basically protect a trade secret, a software, but you cannot really patent it. Like in the States, you can do that, but it's, I mean, it's very complicated, I'm sure. Uh, your guys have been talking in your podcast about this for a long time. So I'm not going to come to this issue. I'm going to come to the issue how today is important for companies and actually for venture capitals, all these people who is bringing and pumping money to your company to, to, to grow. The first thing they look is IP. Okay, show me your IP. If you don't have an IP, it's going to be tricky. Actually, or either you have a product that is difficult to license in a sense like difficult to protect. Uh, doing reverse engineering is easy to copy paste. That is very tricky. That is going to find problems in order to get funding and investment. I mean, today, if you are in deep tech, you are basically launching a technology to the market and building a product in order to 
to basically uh, you know launch this this uh, this uh, this software product you need to make sure you protect it right and the first thing you need to get in this kind of companies are very good lawyer i mean i have a love and hate relationship with lawyers <laughs> to be honest but you require you need them very much in order to 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 get your ip protected because it's what is valuable i mean the, this asset is so you know is priceless is the is the core of your product and you need to protect it and basically it's going to be a lot of people involved building this product and you need basically to make sure there is no uh, like uh, you know people that maybe are going to use it when they leave the company that is a very tricky issue uh, you know in a pen drive you can take a product right and software is very tricky and you need to make sure you are protected from every single angle in order to basically to make mistakes and probably it's going to cost to your company millions and a lot of money that has been very hard fought in order to get it from the market and from investors. Just FYI for our listeners, I'm a lawyer, get good lawyers. Miguel is right. Protect your assets, get the best angle you can because uh, this is this is very important. Yeah. Now, uh, switching to a more personal perspective. What has been so far the biggest challenge you had to deal with? Okay, lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this was kind of a joke, but I threw lawyers apart because I'm going to explain to you why, okay? Because uh, uh, entrepreneurs, we got a golden rule. It's a golden rule. Be just do it. So it's better to act straightforward, being proactive, and apologize for it if case doesn't work. Later, we can seek approval to act and risk delay, objection, whatever. I mean, we can ask for, for, for forgiveness, what we call, right? So, uh, but if I give a document for IP to my lawyer, for example, okay, just give me the red flags here. And a 10-page document go like 100 red flags. Okay, come on. Just show me the red lines. Don't tell me everything is wrong. So I cannot act if you give me 100, you know, uh, red flags for one decision. So basically, uh, it's important. Basically, that's why you need to get lawyers who got a huge specialization IP because you you give this to lawyers who are not, you know, immersed in the entrepreneurship, spin-offs, etc. experience. Take you one red flag every single line. That is, you know, I know that because my father is a lawyer, my twin brother is a lawyer, so I have been living this in my family as well. That is okay. I mean, it's, it's their job to do that. Hey, be careful with that. So what I need is really, okay, show me the red line. I don't need to cross. This is the right red line I don't need to cross. Fine. But don't tell me. I know every single line. I mean, we need to sacrifice something because another part, another side is, is giving you an asset. So... There is no way to make a, a you know, to to win, a, a, to get a contract where 100% of the things are good for you and 0% from the other side. You need to be 50-50, right? So basically, you know, this is um, something that uh, is a huge challenge for us. Like, uh, you know, it's important again, and I say that again, the first thing you need to get in a high-tech spin-off company is a good lawyer. The first thing. But at the same time, risk management. Don't listen to them for all this is your business this is your vision so just make sure you read uh, you know uh, like uh, they read you very well you know your vision i mean they 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 not you need to take some risk so understanding each other risk management is very important in order to to build this product if because if you don't take risk you don't do that i mean you will never ever finish the product 
never ever. And forget about lawyers as well. Think about product people, people who is coding, computer vision, take risk. I mean, continually you need to take risk. Okay, deploy the product. It's not really deploy it. The client wants this today. Even if it's 95% deploy to it. If they have some mistakes, we ask for forgiveness. But you need to do it. That is a biggest challenge you got today. Uh, risk management, probably. To know when to do things, when to stop it, and when basically to move forward because we just need to do it at the end of the day. Yeah, this is something that I, I was thinking while you were, you were answering uh, the question that lawyers need to, we need to present you the risks and you have to make the decision. I think that is a, that's the best approach. These are the risks. You take the decision if you want to take the risk or not. So it's important for lawyers also to know how to, to make this risk assessment. Totally. It's very important to risk management is in every single part of your life, even in your personal life. Okay, I'm going to take risk, uh, you know, do I need to get married? Do I need to have kids? Do I need to buy a house? It's risk management. You need to see the pros and the cons. I mean, life is about making decisions at the end of the day. What achievements are you most proud of? Well, uh, to be honest, uh, you know, uh, I believe that in today's world, individuals cannot create anything. I think it's a teamwork. So I cannot really think about something I have done that no more people have been involved, right? So if I have learned a lesson in my life and every year is even getting worse and worse, is you need to be surrounded by people, by excellent people, better than you. Uh, maybe 40, 50, even 100 years ago, you got brilliant people doing great things alone by themselves. But today, think about today. There is not even one person you can name that has built something great, you know, without uh, uh, being, uh, uh, you know, together with uh, a huge number of people around. Like, you can say, okay, Steve Jobs did it. No, come on. Steve Jobs was a small part of it. It was a leadership. He knew how to put the pieces together, but he was surrounded by great people, you know, like uh, Elon Musk as well. Come on. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great leadership, but he doesn't write even one line of code in SpaceX. Come on, it's true. He's a great guy. I mean, he's brilliant. I really love these guys who are able and these people who are able to build great things that take a lot of risk. But what they do very well is to read people, to put it together, and basically focus in the most important tasks to create impact. So if you ask me what is you know something I have achieved in the last years, I'm very proud. I only could think about you know my team. You know, actually in this company today in Orbit, what we are achieving is I'm just one percent of it. One percent, seriously. But this one percent maybe create a huge impact because mm -hmm. probably I'm the guy who knows when we need to do fundraising, where to focus on, you know, uh, whatever, you know, market. I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded with great co-founders who really do the same thing. They know when to launch the mar the product in the market, when we need to uh, shift our focus from this uh, feature in the product to another feature. I mean, decision making is really important and basically you need to get surrounded by people who are in the same mindset as you. They're taking decisions, taking risk, and basically creating great impact with uh, the minimum time available. Because today, the time is something you cannot buy. You need to be fast in the market. And basically, a company with 30 people needs to have 30 CEOs. Seriously, everyone needs to be the owner of his own work. 
and you just cannot uh, get relying on, on people who is not taking risk and responsibilities to build a high-tech company. In high-tech, maybe in another ecosystem, but high-tech, no way. You need the best people available in the market. You need actually to, to make sure to, to give them trust, loyalty. Don't, they don't need to uh, kind of um, be afraid to make mistakes. That is very important because take some about making mistakes. In order to reach the final product, you are going to do like 1,000 mistakes. So you give this to your team and basically uh, they rely on you. They are not afraid to make mistakes. They will really focus in the real impact they will create in the company. So basically, it's about that. It's, I'm very proud of people I'm getting surrounded by, and it's probably the best achievement I have got. It's like choosing the right people to do this job. Yeah. And I really liked as well what you mentioned before, Miguel, about uh, what, you know, being proud of the team, that uh, the people that you have gotten yourself surrounded by, because I think this applies to absolutely every single business, but also every single aspect of your life as well. You know, I mean, like at the end of the day, it's, it's like you are going to get so much farther in everything, you know, in achieving anything if, if you surround by yourself by the right people. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We I think we are sometimes too obsessed on these stories, you know, like these hero stories of like the one person that achieved this. But as you were saying, like it's never one person, you know, one person might have the vision and and the and the energy and the you know the the the, the push to do it but then one person is never going to make it on on her own or his own exactly okay cool so um uh we are beginning to reach the end of the interview i have a couple of questions for you um so you look like someone that likes to keep busy and i was wondering if you have any other challenges in the pipeline, you know, either from Aldrin or outside that you would like to share with us? Okay, so, well, you know, uh, probably uh, in the last 25 years of my professional life, you know, I have been doing everything in technology. I have been hardware, related companies, in products like, you know, business to consumer, business to business, uh, even business to government. I have been in artificial intelligence, tech transfer as well, involving, I mean, in too many ecosystems, even in five different countries. Myself, I have been living more than 20 years overseas, not in Europe. I have been living in Asia, in Latam. I mean, I have been working five different continents, basically. So knowing the experience of being successful and failing a lot, because you fail, you need to fail a lot in order to be successful. So I have really, you know, uh, you know, realize that at the end of the day, there is something that really crashed my mind, you know. Like, I'm very lucky to be in a place in Barcelona where, you know, we are in a location in the office. Sometimes we go to the office, we are a hybrid company. But I really like to go to events, you know, for example. I mean, events about everything related to technology. It's something very healthy, I think, for yourself to go to events that they are not related to computer vision or artificial intelligence. So there is one place sometimes I go that you know, I really like to go like health-related companies, like, you know, anything related to, to, to health, to companies that uh, need to create a, a, a new, uh, you know, pharma companies that need to create new medicaments for, for, 
to cure cancer, uh, new robotics uh, using 5G in order to do this, um, you know, uh, kind of uh, operations or surgery for thousands of kilometers away. And when I listen to people working these projects, what they do, how they build it for several years, I leave this conference like I'm the most stupid guy in the room. Seriously, say what I'm doing: supply chains, really tracking containers. I mean, I mean, seriously, I feel like uh, you know because at the end of the day, you realize that life is, you know, very simple. It relates to, you know, uh, very few things that are very basic. That is, be healthy, basically. Mm. And you're being healthy, you're happy, basically, right? Because, hey, I'm here still, so I can do a lot of things. I got 24 hours today to do whatever I feel like to do. But if you are not, you cannot do that. So it's something that really struck to me anytime. So going back to your question, wherever I finish this project, that, you know, projects in tech takes five years, 10 years, you know, takes time, but I know myself, you know, after three years, probably I will between something else. So if I uh, have, as I ask myself, well, will we be, uh, what will I will be doing in the next year, like in a project that is really enlightened me very much, is a health project, health project. Mm. Like, I have no experience on that. But the issue is like, I think you need to be involved in things you have not done before because you will have a much better life, basically. And you, when you look back, you have been so many countries, so many companies, so many meeting so many people and it's your backpack at the end of the day it's good to ask to your parents to all people hey what you have been regretted and they tell you what you should not do in your life that is not traveling not meeting good people not changing jobs not changing you know maybe your best friends it's very healthy to change friends as well so um i believe that is uh, i want to do something i have never done before that is being a health-related company, using, of course, artificial intelligence, deep learning. I'm, I'm a very big fan of uh, quantum computing. I have been reading about quantum computing, not just because my physics degree, but it's something I really love. And I believe quantum computing is going to change a lot our lives in the next five to 10 years. If people get like, surprised about what is going on with ChatGPT and all this, wait for quantum computing. I mean, it's going to really change a lot of things. And I believe health-related issues like uh, illness, etc., even the cancer is going to be killed by quantum computing. So I strongly believe that in the future, I would like to, I would love to get involved in, with my know-how about fundraising, about uh, business development, about, you know, technology in, uh, in this field, in health, be surrounded by great people with great ideas that they want to launch a product, a health-related product to the market. And probably in five years, I will be doing that. I'm sure. I'm almost sure I will be doing that. This is great because this means that we will have to interview you again <laughs> in a yeah. few years' time. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so the final question that I have for you, because, um, you know, as much as you say that supply chain uh, is nothing compared with... <laughs> yeah. It's with true. like curing cancer, <laughs> still you have um, you know a lot of experience uh, in international entrepreneurship, and and I would like to know if you have any advice for future generations of entrepreneurs, and particularly in the fields of high tech. Yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna do one thing. I'm gonna about these tips. You know, every single ecosystem is different. It's not the same tips for if you are in business to consumer, business to business, in health, 
in logistics, in fintech, I mean, but I'm going to tell you what I do when I got people coming to the company in the morning, right? Uh, and I have like a small chat with them, 20 minutes, and I tell them very straightforward these four things. There are four basic things that I want from them. First of all is, we, we have been talking about this before, get surrounded by people. I mean, your team is your team. I mean, you cannot be as an individual do, trying to do everything. Even myself, as a co-founder, I need to get the best people, and my co-founders, they need to get the best people for the best units. You, as an individual, in your team, in product, in software, in back office, get surrounded by great people. Be a challenger, right? Like, be a piece of it. Get adapted and fit to the team. That is really very important. Because, again, as I said before, in a startup, 30, 40 people, everyone needs to be the owner of their own job, right? You need to be the CEO of your own work, period. You cannot rely on other people to do it. So that is very important, surrounded by the right people. Second, the, the risk. We spoke about this. Risk management. Take risks. Don't be afraid to fail. Please do it. Before, yeah, don't ask, do it. You failed, fine. It's not your mistake. It's the mistake for everyone in the company. But you need to do it. This is how we work. We need to work fast and intelligently. So risk, risk management is very important. The third thing is focus. You need to focus. Time is priceless. So basically give mostly of your energy in tasks that create a real impact. If you are good in something, do it. You, when you come in the team and you got a team of four people and you realize, hey, you are very good in this in coding in Python or coding in C++, okay, raise your hand and do it. Anytime you have an issue, hey, I will do it because I'm good on this. So don't try to do things that another guys in the team are very good in doing that. Try to focus in what really creates great impact in the team, in your product, and your company. That is really important. Time is priceless. You got eight hours, whatever hours per day to do things. Don't waste five hours doing something that another guy in the team is better than you doing that. Simple as that. It's very simple and it's very convenient. And the last one is something that sometimes, I don't know why, I think is kind of politically incorrect. That is, ask difficult questions. Why people get annoying when you ask difficult questions? I don't really understand. And unfortunately, we live in a world where everything needs to be politically incorrect. Hey, don't ask me difficult questions. I don't know. Come on, you get annoying. It's a difficult question. I expect a difficult, a difficult answer as well. Don't be afraid to do that. If you don't ask the difficult questions, you will never have growth as a person, as an individual, as a professional. So it's something I always say to everyone and realize that the co-founders as well, my team is aligned with me on that. Ask difficult questions, expect difficult answers, because it's the only way your product is going to be, you know, like unique in the market. Your company is going to be uh, excellent, you know, in what they do. And basically not just in high tech, in every single company, you're going to create something that is unique. It's great. People is going to pay for it. And basically you're going to feel very proud in the future about what you have built. That was great, Miguel. Thank you so much for, for being here with us today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Miguel. Thank you. I thank you really. It's been great to be here and I would love to come back in five years. No problem. <laughs> you will, definitely. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to IP Stories by 4IP Council. Visit our website on 4ipcouncil.eu to find out more and check out the links mentioned during this episode. If you liked it, remember to share and subscribe.